Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of the God and My Girlfriends podcast. I'm your host, Marsha Ramirez, and I have some amazing special guests this season, and we're going to dive into some topics that will help us all learn how to nurture our spiritual lives, nurture our friendships, and nurture ourselves. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, friends, and welcome to the podcast today. For those of you that don't know, I am currently out on tour this fall with uh, the amazing Christopher Cross. I'm singing background vocals for him this fall. Y'all know his songs, you know, like Sailing, Ride Like the Wind, Arthur's Theme, you know, When You Get Caught Between the Moon and New York City. Y'all know that one. Anyway, it's a great gig. I love the people. I love the music. So I feel really blessed to be still out touring. Um, I hope some of you guys will come see us if you see us near your city. It's a lot of fun. So we've been having a fabulous time. Uh, We did have a little, literally a little bump in the road this morning. Um, We have two buses, the boys bus and the girls bus. And the boys bus had a tire blowout early this morning as we were traveling from uh, Woodstock, Georgia, down to Clearwater, Florida. So all of the boys had to pile onto our bus, and they grabbed all their stuff. And we limped into town this morning, all crammed in like a bunch of sardines onto one bus. So we were a little late, but we made it. And we we have like the best bus drivers that kept us all safe through it. Could have been a real mess. And we have the best crew, and they are kicking it in gear right now, setting us up so we'll be ready in time for sound check. I mean, they are awesome. Now, I'm sitting in a in our girls' dressing room right now, so if the audio is a little weird, if you hear some background noises, I apologize. Um, The audio quality might be a little suspect over the next few episodes, actually, because I don't know where I'll be taping from, but I'm doing my best to still bring you some great content while I'm out touring and um, today we really have some great content. My friend Brandy Wilson joins me today to talk about moving forward. Um, I think we've all felt stuck at times you know. For me that feeling often comes when I'm in a an in-between situation, you know, like a now what place. Maybe one season of life has ended either slowly, like, you know, it's sort of, you know, it's coming. Uh, Say when your kids are about to grow up and leave and you know that things are going to be different or like an abrupt ending, um, a divorce, a death, uh, a terminal diagnosis, things that you just didn't see you know getting fired from a job those things happen and then you're just sort of like oh my gosh what do I do now we have to figure out a way to move forward even though they can be paralyzing places to be so if you are feeling forced into a new season right now and you didn't want the change or maybe you're not feeling stuck at all but you know you will at some point there are people to go to for help and My friend Brandy is one of those trusted people, and you're going to love this conversation today. So let me tell you a little bit about Brandy. Brandy Wilson is an author and speaker. 
who for the past 20 years has helped women and their families navigate the ups and downs of everyday life. She loves helping single moms learn how to show up fully for themselves so that they can in turn show up fully for their kids. She's helped start two churches, the most recent being Crosspoint Church, where she learned how important it is as a leader to know your truth and speak it. Her work now aims at helping women develop emotional and mental health so that they can live a life of freedom and confidence. Her own journey has taught her the power of that very skill. And you're about to hear a little more about her journey today in our conversation, which I know you'll be inspired by. For me, there is nothing more hopeful than hearing how someone else got through a difficult time and not only survived it, but eventually thrived again. So, whether or not you are feeling stuck right now, I promise you're going to enjoy this conversation and you're going to walk away with some great tools um, to navigate life a little better. So, without further ado, here's my inspiring conversation with author, speaker, and life coach, Brandy Wilson. Hi, Brandy Wilson. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, Marsha. I'm so excited to be with you guys. Oh, man. I love I love re- kind of reconnecting with you because you and I have known each other for a very long time. I was thinking about that today. I think I met you when I was pregnant with my first son. He's yes. 20. Oh, my God. So 20 ages, both of us. I know. (laughs) Yes. And I remember as we were in church together, well, you were uh, my pastor's wife at at a church years ago. And uh, I remember we were, it started out at a little elementary school. And I remember Jet running up and down those halls. I definitely remember you pregnant with Gage and Brewer. (laughs) And um, it was just so fun to, um, you know, that time of of life starting a church and it growing. It was just such a, a fun and very creative time, probably for all of us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that church got enormous, got really, really big. And yeah, I was yeah. there for many, many years. Um, I ended up leaving uh, because my husband was not a mega church kind of guy, you know, there's, mm-hmm everyone has different ways of, of worship that works for them or different churches, but for him, he's like a smaller church guy. So I said, you know what? I want to go to church with my husband. So I started going to church there. And, uh, as you tell a lot in your story, um, I wasn't there at cross point. I had left when I heard the news that Mm -hmm. your husband at the time was resigning as the pastor. Mm -hmm. It was a shock to everyone. And not long after that, I heard that you two were getting a divorce and my heart just broke, broke for you. And I started praying because I realized what you had just lost, not only with your marriage and Mm -hmm. because I've been through two divorces. So I know it's like, Oh, this is awful. But then I've also known several friends who have been through ministry and you, you were losing your ministry too. Like you lost your right. church, you lost your community, you lost mm-hmm. your, your marriage, like all in one, one swoop. And, yeah. um, I can't, I couldn't even imagine the pain and how, how you crawl yourself out of that. 
but I watched you from afar and I was just so impressed. I know you had mm-hmm. uh, difficult, yeah. difficult days. We all, mm-hmm. I mean, my two divorces were the two most painful things mm-hmm. I've ever been through, including losing my parents, because, you know, in life, you're supposed to lose your parents, right? You expect that to happen, you expect that point. to happen. But this, you know, divorces, you never are, are mm-hmm. thinking that's going to happen in your, yeah. in your future when you, you know, fall in love and get married, but you have taken all you have learned through your years of ministry and through your life mm-hmm. experiences and crisis. And you have started this amazing coaching business. <laughs> I have. Yes. And, and I think it's so fantastic. Um, I, I look on your site, it says help, you help navigate life's unexpected transitions with a trusted coach, or as you say, when life, as you know, it ceases to exist. And right. that, like, when I read that, I got chills down my spine because I have been through many instances where life as I knew it ceased to exist. Not all bad, not always all bad, but still some grieving. I'm going through it right now. I'm literally this morning was moving my youngest son's stuff into his car. He's moving out. Like I'm losing my last one, Brandy. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've been in tears. Like, I'm like, what's next? Like, what's next? Like, how do I reshape my life without him? under my roof because I've had mm-hmm. a child under my roof for 38 years. Cause Derek's 38. Yeah. So yeah. that's like a long yeah. time to have my identity formed in mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. so, so we all, I think there's a lot of people listening that are in some sort of a what's next situation. Yeah. And um, so let's just start here. First of all, like what would be the very first thing you would tell someone if they're kind of going through um, an unexpected crisis or just a, a, a big life change that they're trying to work through? Yeah, I think I would tell them they only have to take one day at a time. Um, I think that's kind of where the whole your best next step came from is that there is a point in the midst of, you know, the divorce and the loss of the church and the reconfiguring of family, my family unit and selling a home and trying to buy a new home and, and launch a career because I had, you know, volunteered heavily at the church and um, had, you know, been the room mom for all my kids and that kind of stuff. I, I had the spiritual gift of jobs that don't pay. Um, so I worked <laughs> a lot of jobs. I just didn't have an income at that point. But oh my gosh. Um, I think there was a point where I just realized, and I had a great therapist who I still walk with today. And um, I sat down with her and I, I went to like, I was already in worst case scenario. So the fact that I could take it to an even worst case scenario, she was just like, I feel like you need to hold on and just think about today. And that just really resonated with me. And I remember coming home and just sitting down and journaling. I, um, journaling and writing became a huge part of my healing process. Mm-hmm. And I just sat down and thought, okay, I have to take this one day at a time. This is not about what my life's going to look like in nine months or in nine years. This is about what does my life look like today and what can I do today? What are the conversations I need to have? What are the actions I need to take? Um, but what do I need to do today to best take care of myself and my kids? So that really reframed how I was able to walk through that situation. And obviously, you know, 
I still have goals for the future and dreams for the future and that kind of stuff. But I think so often we get bogged down thinking, what is life going to look like and how am I going to navigate? I've I've caught myself doing it with my youngest. He's a freshman in high school. I'm like, in four years, I'm going to be an empty nester. What am I going to, you know? And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to choose to enjoy him as a freshman today. And show up for potluck, the football mom's potluck, and serve he and all his freshman friends dinner, and do what I need to do to be in his life today. So I think when we break it down, it makes life so much easier for us to navigate when we look at it one day at a time. Wow, that is super good advice. And yeah, that's one thing I've been trying to do so much is like live in the moment. I'm really bad Mm -hmm. about living in the future or the past, one or the other, either I'm just wallowing in the past or I'm just so focused on, like you said, oh my gosh, you know, he's going to leave. And, but we were laughing because uh, Sam is turned 26 yesterday. So I was thinking that too, like in high school, I've only got him like another year or two. (laughs) Boy, was I off way off. (laughs) But, you know, I was putting myself through stuff that wasn't even about to happen yet, you know? Right. But I think that is, you know, trying to live in the, that's what I've tried. Like, where are we right now? And what can I do today? But especially when you're, when you're, when you're grieving, which is Mm -hmm. what happens a lot in these unexpected crises, whether it's a death or a divorce or a a broken relationship, a, Mm -hmm. a broken friendship, sometimes somebody that you've relied on for a long time, and then you have a crisis and you two just can't work through it. Or, I mean, those Mm -hmm. things can just really send you spinning. And so, yeah, just trying to take, okay, what, what do I need to do to not just get through today, but find some joy in that day. Right. Right. For sure. Definitely find something joyous that when it comes to the journaling part of my story, it, that kind of started because I was in a situation where nothing looked good around me. Marriage was falling apart, selling the home, had to find a career navigating tragedy for my children and what they were walking through. And I thought nothing around me feels good, but I do believe at the core that God is still good. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to take some time to try to focus on the good in my life. And I pulled this journal off the wall or off the shelf in my office. And I took a Sharpie and on the front, I just wrote focus on the good. And I made myself every day sit down and list at least five good things. Um, that had happened that day. And, and I think sometimes when we think about that, we think about the roof over our head and and all of that stuff is good stuff and provisions from God. But I had to break it down even smaller to like sharing milkshakes with my kids or Mm. um, getting a new hairdryer or having a conversation that sparked a little bit of hope in my life with my career, you know, something that gave me just a tiny bit of hope and recognizing like, okay, God is still good. And he is still at work even though I don't know what is happening and how this is going to unfold, I can clearly see God in my life just brought me so much reassurance at that time. So yeah, gratitude and focusing on the good was a huge part of my story. Yeah. I've heard, I'll have to say, I've never been a journaler, journaler. Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, it is. But I hear so many people like really say it saved them. What does your journaling look like? I mean, do you just write your thoughts down or like, I know you just said you would write down things you were grateful for that day, but um, for someone that's new to journaling or somebody like me, that's not done it, where would you advise them to start? 
Right. Well, it is for me, it's a lot of stream of conscious writing. And the piece that I'm current, I'm currently reading a book actually about research between writing and emotions and your brain and how all of that is impacted. And the research is fascinating on how you're able to process your emotions at a deeper level when you're actually taking pen to paper. I didn't realize any of that at the time. I just knew that in the situation I was in, uh, you kind of alluded to, I was married to a pastor of a large church here in Nashville, Tennessee, um, who was well-known, not just in Nashville, but around the country and traveled to speak and had written books and that kind of stuff. So my trust had been shattered by him and I did not know who to talk to. Um, I had therapists and I had a couple of friends, um, one in Vegas who was a dear friend, is a dear friend of mine, and one in Miami, and then I had one girl locally. But those are the only people I trusted and talked to. And I just had more swirling around in me than I was willing to talk about. So for me, I just knew I have to do something with all the emotion that's inside of me. So it was like, I'm just going to write about it. So I, I was reading, I was actually working through a Henry Nowen book at the same time. I cannot think what it's called, but I'll get it to you. So you'll have it for the show notes. But okay. I was working through the Henry Nowen book. And as I was reading, I was wanting to respond to Henry and what he was saying about his relationship with God. So I just started like jotting down in the margins how I was feeling and what I felt like God was saying to me. Clearly, there are some um, phrases that I still repeat to myself today that came because I was reading that book and not just reading it, but also responding to it. Mm-hmm. So I think in... And having that uh, play out through reading that book, when I sat down and, you know, started the, I was doing the gratitude at the same time. And then I just started like writing my prayers down or a letter to myself, or there are times I've um, just laid out a situation, maybe with one of my kids, like one of my kids is struggling with something. This is how I want to respond. Is that the correct response? What will he, and it just allowed me to be able to think more clearly through um, reactions and responses and what should be said and how it should be said rather than just happening in, um, the moment that a conversation was unfolding. So yeah, for me, it is a lot of stream of conscious and it usually does start with gratitude. And, um, you know, this morning I, I have this puppy you saw earlier who crawls up in my lap (laughs) every morning while I'm doing my quiet time. And, This morning she started snoring and I was just grateful that I had somebody cuddled up enjoying that time by the window. So it doesn't have to be big and no one's checking it. I I have a girlfriend who I love who has journaled for years and every year when she finishes her journal, she throws it away. And I'm like, how could you do that? But she never wants anyone to find what she's written. Not even that it's bad. It just feels very private to her. And for mine, it feels very private. But I think it also shows who I am at the core. So I love being able to take those and just go back to what I was writing five years ago and see like, oh, now I see what God was doing in that moment. Oh, um, it's almost like a little really map. beautiful thing. Yes, it is. It is like a little map for sure. That's so cool. Well, I may have to try, you know, just as you were talking, I was remembering uh, my previous therapist oh, that just. I loved and she passed away and I miss her deeply, but she was saying one time that our brains don't think in complete sentences. We think they do because 
they're our brains. And so even though it's just like words and stuff, it's all making sense in our head. But she says, that's why when you write, literally write it out in a, you know, on a piece of paper or say it out loud to like your therapist, all of a sudden you almost come up with your own answers. Like, yes. you know, how a good therapist just asks you the right questions and half exactly. the time you answer it. <laughs> and you're like, why couldn't I have just done that in my head? And she said, because your brain doesn't think like that. You literally have to speak it or write it. And it makes a yeah. difference. Yes. And I said, I'm going to try journaling. And then I never did, but maybe I will. Well, I do. I think <laughs> um, your journal probably looks more like songs you've written over the years. Well, so I think you have done more journaling than you probably realize. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Cause I have put <laughs> my heart out in several songs, several songs. Hi friends, we're taking one more quick break just to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by God and My Girlfriend's Ministries. We are a registered 501c3 nonprofit that supports women in all walks of life. Women helping women become everything that God created them to be. That's our mission. We have online book clubs, live events, weekend workshops and retreats, a single mama's ministry, and also this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, get involved in any way with any of our programs, or maybe even help support us financially by donating, you can do all of that on our website, which is GodAndMyGirlfriendsOnline.com. You can also find us on any of our socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and even Twitter. So reach out when you can and let us know how we can serve you or maybe someone that you know. And now, back to the conversation. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about friendships for a minute. Like mm -hmm. at, when, when you're going through a really tough time, mm -hmm. how I'm sure you had, I know you said you had a couple of people that you mm -hmm. relied on during that time. And, and I think most people would say that they tend to close their circle in a little mm -hmm. bit during yeah. that time. It's a protective time, right? You have to protect mm -hmm. yourself. So you really have to be careful um, who you pour your heart out to. I mean, that's one thing I learned when I was going through some of my really difficult times is that there were a couple of times where I shared things with people I thought I could trust. And it mm -hmm. kind of came back to bite me later because then they went and told somebody else and told somebody else. And I got doubly hurt. So how did you, how did you navigate your, your friendships during that time? And, and how did your friendships help you during that time? Yeah. Um, I think you're right on that friendship. A lot of people look at friendship as being easier than it really is. Mm -hmm. And, and I did have a situation, a couple of situations in the midst of my divorce where maybe somebody texted me and I gave them a very honest answer and that answer was sent back to me with their explanation accidentally. They were trying to send it to someone else. Oh, and that awful. does just shut you down to the point that you're like, and this is why I don't talk to anyone. I think there are a couple of things about friendship that are important. And that trust piece is huge. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to a friend who has been through a similar story as me. And she said something to me once about, because, you know, you get asked a lot, how will I ever trust again in a, in a marriage relationship? 
but that mm-hmm. trust is so important in friendships as well. So yes. how do I trust? And she said, you know, I have to look at it that trust is time plus believable behavior. So the time this person has been in your life and the behavior that they show you, you have to believe. So if they're a person who has been in your life over a long period of time and has been someone who has been a person you can lean on, who has been there for you, who is cheering you on, that allows that trust to deepen and grow. So when I look at, you know, my girlfriend, Lori, who lives in Vegas and the way that she loved me as a friend during that situation, she cried tears with me. She um, called and checked on me every day just to say, like, if I hear your voice, I know you're okay. She surprised me and flew out here on what would have been my 20th anniversary. So there were lots of actions she did that showed that she loved me. But one of the things she did the most is um, you had mentioned the loss of the church in the ministry. And she and I run a nonprofit together called Leading and Loving It. It's an organization to help female leaders love life in ministry. And we had done that together for probably about eight years at the time. And I'll never forget feeling so lost. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I identified myself as a wife, identified myself as a pastor's wife, identified myself as a church leader, and all of those were gone. And she said to me, you know what, Brandy, the title might be gone, the role you filled might not exist anymore, but no one can take away God's calling on your life, except for him. So she kept saying that to me over and over. No one can take away God's calling on your life, but God, and he has not taken that, that's still, he still wants that for you. And she allowed me to see a future of what life could look like, even though I wasn't the pastor's wife anymore. Wow. And it really was what I needed to hear on a regular basis, um, because there was so much redefining going on. And then the other thing she and my other friends did is I felt like they did a great job of loving me until I was me again, um, because they'd known me during healthy times of my life. And now they were seeing me at my lowest and they just kept loving me back to being who they knew I could be and then encouraging me to grow out of that. So I will say my support system through my divorce was incredible. It was very small. I went from being surrounded by thousands of people to having three people I talked to on a regular basis. Um, so it was a tough situation, but I, I, that's another place. I just felt God's goodness in my life that he did surround me with some female friendships who were willing to walk through the darkest days with me and help pull me out of that. When I was ready, they allowed me to grieve when I needed to grieve and cry if I needed to cry. I never felt like they tried to rush my healing. And I know I have been so guilty of that, watching someone grieve and just thinking like, let me help you move forward. And lots of times those people aren't ready to move forward yet. That's why they're there. So you have to be there waiting for them to move forward when they are ready for that. So I just felt like my friends did a great job of allowing me to, to do what needed to be done mm. um, as I was healing. That's so beautiful because yeah, the healing takes, there's no time frame for that. And yeah. I remember I lost my mom and two years mm-hmm. later, I lost my dad. And when my dad passed away, I went through a, such a deep grieving and I realized it was because I never really grieved my mom the way I should. I just like focused all my energy now on taking care of dad because he was alone. Yeah. 
And, you know, I, I could tell some of my friends were just, they wanted me, they wanted me back. And I understand that they want their friend back. And I wasn't Marsha for a while. Like I was so deep in grief and I was just like a zombie, Mm -hmm. but they didn't know really how to help me. And some friends sort of stopped calling because mm-hmm. they didn't want to hear me sad. You know what I yeah. mean? And, yeah, and, sure. and, but the ones, like you said, the ones that just kept sticking with me, man, they mm-hmm. were just, they just meant the world to me while yeah. they, they went, they just knew you'll be back, you know, just yeah. take your time. And, yeah. you know, they would sort of slowly prod me, you know, maybe it's time to do this, but If I didn't, they would, they would, you know, it it took me a long time to work through that grief. And I went through uh, therapy was a big thing for me too. Hey, speaking of that, just real quick. So what's the difference that you would say between a therapist and a coach? Like what's the difference between therapy and coaching? Yeah, that's a great question. Counseling versus coaching. Counseling is going to dig more into your past and look at those childhood wounds, patterns that you have because of those childhood wounds and help you go back and deal with those. Coaching is more about moving you forward. It doesn't mean you won't necessarily go back and maybe hit on some of those wounds or patterns or um, reflect on those a little bit. But coaching is more about taking you forward, where counseling is going to go back first and kind of work on mending some of those wounds before you move forward. Interesting. Interesting. Because when I went through my divorces, I didn't even know of such a, there was no coaches back then 25 years ago. And so my only option was therapy. And quite frankly, it was a little bit embarrassing still back then to say, I'm have Mm -hmm. to go to therapy. Like what's wrong with me that I need therapy. And on top of that, it was so heavy. Like you're right. It was like pulling me back into this. Oh, we're going to relive all of these bad memories and everything. And I was like, I just don't have the energy to do that. Like I needed someone to help me move forward and show me some hope and positivity. So I have several friends that are are starting coaching like you. And I just think it's such a fantastic thing. Um, I'm sure part of your coaching is uh, you encourage women with self-care, right? Yes, for sure. So what's a, what's a, a tip you would tell a woman say, okay, this is one thing you need to do right now for you. Well, I'm always going to ask them if they journal. <laughs> oh, going to your I'm journaling. I'm just going to say, are you writing? Where are you? Like, how are you processing what's going on in your life? So that's the question I would ask. Another question I always ask is what does your support system look like? Because I know if they have a strong support system, then there are other people making sure that they take care of themselves. Yeah. So those two are key things. Other than that, I really think that we have to figure out what self-care looks like for us as individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, My morning routine is part of my self-care and it starts with my kids. They walk out the door at seven and then from seven to eight, I kind of have this block of time and I kind of, the way my quiet time in the morning looks like is it's kind of the smorgasbord of options that I enjoy that are beneficial. So I have some meditation um, on an app that I love. I always have my journal. I usually have a devotion. My Bible is usually pretty close. I also have like a work. It it is a work document, but it's more for when I feel like God's telling me something I would like to investigate later to be able to develop more that Mm -hmm. I would jot notes down into. Sometimes it involves a little bit of yoga. 
but I don't get to do all of that every day. Right. So one of the things I've learned is that I have to ask myself, what do I need? And before I kind of open up and start digging in, I'm like, okay, what do I feel like I need today? My brain is in overdrive and it's only 7 a.m. I'm going to start with 10 minutes of meditation and open my app and dig into that 10 minutes of meditation, which helps ground me to be able to move forward. Or maybe I have a bunch of stuff bouncing around in my head. And I think if I can get this out on paper, I'm going to be more focused. So I just open the journal and start writing down stream of conscious, everything that's in my head, um, which as you've said, is lots of times how I work it out because I'm writing about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, that self-care is like asking myself, what do I need? And we don't ask ourselves that enough. Um, Man, that is huge. Like I, I'm just thinking about my morning routine because I have a similar one, but I, I will get on this thing where I was like, okay, I'm going to read the Bible for, I'm going to open my Bible and I'm going to read and study the Bible. Cause I'm in, I'm in the middle of like trying to read the Bible in chronological order, which I've never yes, done before. I haven't either. Good and for you. well, I started a one year reading plan in January of 2020. Okay. <laughs> we are now in August, no September of 21. And I'm only at second Samuel. <laughs> But I'm going to do it well, because I'm not just reading. I'm actually trying to study, you know, I'm actually, when I'm going through, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Wait a minute. What is that? You know, it's like, let's look that up. And so I am meticulously going through it. But my point being that, you know, some days I, I open Leviticus and I'm like, I can't do it. My soul cannot handle Leviticus today. (laughs) So let's just shut Leviticus, right? But then I would almost feel guilty because I was like, I said I was going to study the Bible every morning. And I'm not saying don't open your Bibles, ladies. That's not what I'm saying. But I love what you just said. Like some days I just need to read something or I just need to like go to some other kind of devotion, or I just need to open a book that's going to give me some positivity and, and I, or I just need to spend time in quiet, prayerful meditation and not Mm -hmm. absorb. So that I like that, that lets me off the hook. It's like, no, what, you know, let's, let's ask God to join me in this moment and then just figure out what your soul is needing and, and not feel like you have to be on some structured thing. Some days you Mm -hmm. just need to do some yoga, right? Some days just need to do some yoga. Yes. You're exactly right. That's awesome. (laughs) You know, we are, um, almost out of time here and, uh, I do want to say, and we probably have covered this. I usually end our little time with three little questions and, um, the yep. first one though, we haven't really talked about much, which is the spiritual aspect of things, because I know you say, I knew God was good. I mean, when you're losing mm-hmm. your, your church and your religious community around yeah. you and you have to dig in and it's just you and God, yeah. um, I'm sure you and God had a lot of heart to hearts during that time, yeah. but for now, what would be your favorite spiritual practice? Like, what do you do to really stay connected? Yeah, I have a couple. Definitely. I really love the outdoors and feel like being out in nature and on walks is where I see God really clearly. Mm-hmm. So I consider that to be a spiritual practice. It's good for my head and it's also good for my heart. And I think writing out those prayers in my journal is super important. And then I would add a couple of years ago for my birthday, my girlfriend Lori gave me a journaling Bible. 
it's a Bible and the margins on the side are really wide and lined. And I love to, um, I carry that Bible to church with me. So I take notes in the margins when I'm at church. I um, have that Bible out. I'm on like a devotion with some people from church that I um, usually get scripture from every Monday through Friday and kind of our breakdown of what does it say about God? What does it say about me? And what do I do now because of this passage? Mm-hmm. And I've loved being able to take those text messages and kind of just transcribe into my Bible what I'm learning about God. And, and I just love that I have my Bible and my thoughts together in one. So my favorite spiritual practice right now is probably journaling in my Bible, but I'm not one of those journalers with markers and that creates drawings. I just take my pencil and write down what I'm learning, what stood out for me in a message, what stood out in a podcast, what I feel like God is laying on my heart that, you know, one day I want somebody to, to, whether it's my kids or whoever, like I have this Bible showing my growth with God um, right there together. So that's probably my favorite current spiritual practice is taking notes in my Bible. I love that. My husband got me a journaling Bible too. And that's what I've been using for my chronological. That's why I've been going so slow. Cause yeah, I've been writing all these notes and like, yeah, things I don't understand. I like try to do some Googling about it. I mean, that's the awesome thing. Now we have, you can, you can Google all these commentaries and get theologians. Of course, sometimes you Google five different theologians and they have five different interpretations of what's going on. So there's that, but, um, but yeah, I love my journaling Bible with the space to write in it. Love it. Let me tell you this inspiration because I know you have your first grandchild, Um, but my girlfriend, Lori, who I talked about earlier, her mom, Carolyn has four grandchildren and she started with her first grandchild and a journaling Bible. And that became her primary Bible for three years. So it's what she carried to church to take notes in. It's what she used in her personal quiet time for notes. And she journals in it for three years and then she saves it. And when that grandchild turns 18, she gives them that Bible. So all of her grandkids have a Bible that she, she's still working on with their grandmother's notes. Oh, I just got grandmother's notes in it. So oh, I love that. I, I think love little that. Charlotte might, you might need to um, have a journaling Bible. You're taking notes in for her. I love that. I love that <laughs> idea. Okay. So question number two, what do you do right now? What is one of your favorite friendship practices that keeps you in touch with your friendships? How do you nurture your friendships these days? Yeah. Um, I have a standing Thursday night dinner with um, a couple that I'm super close to the Stephen and Jackie Brewster. They were on staff with us at the church and we've been friends now. Oh gosh, for almost 13 years. And uh, Jackie went back to work full time. I went back to work full time and we were never seeing each other. And Stephen's always traveling. And we just decided about a year ago, we were like, I think we need a standing dinner. So every Thursday night I go over there and we have dinner. I get to see their kids and check in with them. And it's the, it's Brandy and the Brewsters every Uh, Thursday. So it's just that that intentionality of, you know, we live less than a mile from each other. And there were a couple of times a few years ago, we were like, you haven't seen each other in six weeks. So it's just nice to be able to have that intention of it's very routine. It's, you know, they cook great food, but I walk in and it's just kind of like, it almost signals my weekend for me where I things have been busy and work and all of that. And I walk into their house at 6 30 on Thursday nights and I'm like, okay, 
this feels comfortable and easy and safe and all of those things. So that's oh, one of my favorite, the intentionality of doing yeah. that every Thursday. Is awesome. I love that. And I love Jackie and Steve. Jackie and Eve were on the first season of this podcast when their, yes. book, their wonderful Enneagram it's book. So came out. Good. Yes. It's so She's an good. Excellent coach as well. Yes. Enneagram coach. Yeah. Jackie is excellent. At that. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she is. I have a couple of friends, I think that have been using her as their Enneagram coach and that's fantastic. She's awesome. And um, so finally your go-to self-care tip right now. My go-to self-care tip right now is I am back to working out on a regular basis and loving it. Um, How do you love that? (laughs) Show me how how to love love that. (laughs) Well, I will tell you, I tried to do stuff on my own. Um, for a couple of years and then the pandemic hit and all of that. And I had a friend invite me to a little gym that's in my neighborhood and it is all women. It's a TRX class and it's all women and we're all about the same age. And it's just one of those level playing fields where we go in and, and we are sweating by the end of it. Several of us have had hot flashes in the midst of it <laughs> and the other people understand but it has made me show up for myself because I do like being strong. And I went whitewater rafting with my kids last year and we were carrying that raft. And I was like out of breath by the time we got to the water. I'm like, I want to be able to keep up with my boys. I have three sons. They're 20, 17 and 15. I'm like, I pride myself on being able to keep up with my kids, but I hadn't done a great job of taking care of my body. I worked really hard taking care of my heart and my mind. Uh, mentally and emotionally, I was doing well, but in the midst of that had neglected taking care of my body. So I've actually enjoyed it. I'm surprised I'm saying it out loud. There's also that piece of me who I'm like, I work now and I get to pay for my own gym membership that gives that extra added um, bonus of just being proud that I have given that gift to myself. So yeah, you're doing that for you. Absolutely. And that for me. Yeah. Well, you know, you had a season there where you need, we, and, and I've been there too. Like you can't, sometimes you can't do it all. You have to go, okay, what yeah. am I going to take care of right now? My heart or my body or my you know yeah. soul or whatever. And so, um, yeah, you, I think that's fantastic. Well, you look I know, amazing. I can't believe I gave that answer, Marsha. I'm, I'm so proud. Those, like, crazy workout people. Well, no, yes, it's inspiring it. to me. I need to, I just, <laughs> yeah, I've got to get back to it myself. Cause I'm the same thing. I just want to be healthy and have energy and, you know, be able to run around with my grandkids. That's the thing. Yeah. And so listen, you are such a light and uh, I'm so grateful for your time today and for sharing. I will definitely put in the show notes. We will link up Brandy's website where you can find her on Instagram. She's always putting out some really fantastic content on there and her Facebook page, all of that. So if you guys need some coaching, you'll be able to find Brandy or just, just follow her along. And I promise you'll be blessed by what she's putting out there. And also thank you for your work with, uh, with leading and loving it. That's a fantastic anyone out there. If you're a woman in ministry, I know you guys started it mainly with pastor's wives in mind, Mm -hmm. but it has expanded to any woman who is a leader and needs to be, uh, lifted up because leadership is draining. So, and it doesn't, if you lead in the church, the home, the office, uh, everybody works at some level as a leader. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is exhausting. So 
We would love to have you check that out. And shout out real quick. Let's talk about in October, is it 21st and 20th? It's the 19th and 20th. We're going to have our annual retreat, which is actually going to be held at Central Church in Henderson, Nevada. Um, You can also this year watch it virtually. So if you go to leadingandlovingit.com, there's more information there. Oh, good. Yeah, that's a great retreat. I've told Brandy the other day, I've tried to go three years in a row, even bought a ticket one year and couldn't get out there. But I know they they really, really put on a beautiful retreat and everyone that goes is going to leave their feeling really lifted up and fulfilled. So thanks again Thank for you. your time, Brandy. It's great You're to so see welcome. you. Thanks for having me. All right. Talk to you soon, girl. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Isn't she fantastic? I know you guys got a lot out of that. I did. I wrote down so many notes today and have taken some mental notes that I'm going to try to implement too, just to keep myself moving forward. We're constantly got to be moving forward. And uh, she's just been a blessing in that area for so many people. And I know she will be for you too, if you need her. So we'll be sure and link all her stuff in the show notes. Reach out to Brandy. I know she'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for you guys listening. Thanks for the support and donations that have been coming in. That is so valuable to us. And please write and review us if you can. If you're finding this podcast enjoyable, we really appreciate you doing that for us. Until next week, I don't know where I'll be on the road, but I will find a way (laughs) to, to keep recording. And I hope to see you guys back here next Monday on the God of My Girlfriends podcast. Thanks again to Brandy Wilson. Y'all be safe and be well.